Now, Tuesday, Ukrainian President uh, uh, Zelensky signed a decree temporarily, li- temporarily lifting the requirement for entry visas for any foreign foreign people w- willing to join the country's International Defense Legion. And while Canada is advising its citizens against traveling to Ukraine, Foreign Affairs Minister M- Melanie Joy- Jolie is uh, saying that she understands people's desires to take up arms. I'd like to welcome onto the show Boris Jesnevsky. He's chair of the Ukrainian World Congress Human Rights Commission. Uh, Boris, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Your organization is actively calling on Canadians to join the resistance in the Ukraine. What kind of response are you getting? It's an incredible uh, response. Uh, people understand uh, what is happening in Ukraine, uh, the horror of it. Uh, and we have to be clear, this is genocide disguised as war. And Canada has a long, proud history uh, of when it comes to the responsibility to protect. In fact, it was a concept that we introduced, Canadians introduced at the United Nations in cases of genocide. Unfortunately, we're currently seeing, uh, although some good steps, but uh, lagging leadership on the part of my former colleagues uh, in the House of Commons uh, or uh, our government, uh, perhaps more accurately, because many of our colleagues are demanding more from our government. And well, uh, Canadians are not waiting. They're stepping forward. Uh, we've got and- serious sanctions. I want to ask you about that. So what more would you like, you know, your former, you know, MPs to to be doing with as far as a response to Ukraine goes? The sanctions uh, do not measure up to what, in fact, is happening in Ukraine. Uh, These would have been serious sanctions prior to Putin's war against Ukraine, the side that's being committed. Uh, When we see corporate giants showing greater ethical leadership, uh, corporate giants like British Petroleum, BP, Shell, who've announced that they are disengaging from all of their Russian businesses, walking away from businesses that are a very large proportion of their bottom line profits. Uh, Yet we're just seeing specific targeted sanctions uh, from Canada. What we want is a total announcement from Canada of a total economic blockade of the Russian Federation announced by Canada. We need to show international leadership. When it came to items like SWIFT, we had to coordinate with our allies because that's mm-hmm. how the SWIFT system works. And uh, But when we continue currently to say that we need to align with our allies, that means standing at the back of the line with whichever country has decided to do the least. So we are not standing shoulder to shoulder with the people of Ukraine as our leaders, political leaders state, we're at the back of the line. We need a total economic blockade of the Russian Federation to be announced by the Prime Minister. Boris Jesnevsky is uh, chair of the Ukrainian World Congress Human Rights Commission. He's our our guest right now on the Kelly Kutreira Show. Um, Canada has the most prominent Ukraine population in the world outside Ukraine and Russia. According to a new opinion poll, 16% of the 1,500 people who were surveyed said that they either were of Ukrainian descent or directly related to someone who is. And 
I'm just curious, you know, you're putting out a call to Canadians to join the resistance to basically go and fight uh, for Ukraine, boots on the ground. Uh, are, are most of the inquiries of people responding to your request Ukrainian descendants? Uh, no, in fact, they're a reflection of that statistic that you that you just pointed out. Uh, I would say that uh, about 85% are of non-Ukrainian Canadian heritage. Uh, there is a very large number of uh, ex-military, current military, uh, uh, who we will be prioritizing. And what this is, this shows the tremendous dedication of individual Canadians to a world order that has brought peace and prosperity and to those democratic values on which our society is built. Too often, you know, we go to Remembrance Days, we, we say we'll, uh, 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 that we'll never forget, yet we forget that our current prosperity, our freedoms, are thanks to sacrifices of those in the past. Our prosperity is built upon their sacrifices, and today they understand that there is a country in the middle of Europe, a democracy of 44 million people that are under attack. And NATO is, in fact, NATO, which is supposed to be the shield for the North Atlantic Democratic West, for that territorial space, is, in fact, being shielded by the brave people of Ukraine. And they have, uh, have responded to the call. They understand uh, because many of them have served in war zones in Afghanistan and other places, and they've responded to the call. These are uh, uh, brave Canadians who've responded to a noble call. How many people up. are we talking about? At this point, uh, we're, we're approaching 400. Wow. That's, that is impressive. And how long have you been, how long ago did you put out the call? Cause we're now just entering the second week of this horrific, uh, uh, bombardment against Ukraine by Russia. Three days ago. Three days and you have 400 people. Did you expect this kind of response? Uh, uh, not, uh, not this number, but we expected a large number. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, it is a reflection of, uh, public sentiment and a reflection. We live in a different world right now where sure. we can actually see what is happening on the ground uh, in Ukraine and uh, people see what's happening and how can you not respond is the question. And that's the, my it, question to my former sure. colleagues. How can you not respond in a way that will stop this? And the images are terrifying. Yesterday, we I, I stood there in awe of the fact that Russian troops would attack a nuclear plant, the one of the biggest in Europe, and and firefighters couldn't even get in there because they were still um, under fire. So for They're their own safety, spotted. they had to avoid it. There is also a huge um, image of a um, I don't know what kind of weapon, a missile that basically blew out the middle of a, an apartment block in Kiev. Just the middle of the building is gone. And they say they're not targeting civilians. So we, we're talking about average Canadians, uh, some above average, some have military training. What exactly are you looking for uh, when it comes to candidate dates to fight? Because you said you're prioritizing, right? Correct. We're prior- prioritizing those 
who have military experience, combat experience, uh, police experience and medical experience, especially in trauma or emergency uh, wards. Um, I'd just like to make an additional point to those images yeah. of that nuclear power plant. So let me just provide some additional context. Uh, first of all, it is the largest nuclear power plant in Europe. It is six times the size of Chernobyl. And uh, tanks the Russian tanks have night vision capabilities, so they knew exactly what the target was when they were shelling that complex. Uh, those orders would have come down the line. So we can see what the intent was. Well, to me, I mean, uh, you know, I know nothing about warfare, but to me, it, the intent is, you know, uh, go after a big target that's going to force NATO's hand and then Putin gets to do what he wants, which is absolutely terrifying. So let me ask you this. Um, Ukrainians have been asked uh, asking the foreign fighters that come in to sign three year contracts with the territorial defense forces. What do you know about that? Because apparently it would provide them with the benefits of in the same rights uh, as Ukrainian soldiers. Uh, correct. Uh, there's uh, th there's uh, incredible respect for uh, those members of the international community uh, who've stepped forward, and uh, we understand there's a tremendous uh, debt of gratitude. Uh, they are coming in to help save Ukrainians' families, their women and children. Uh, a million have gotten out. But there are millions more that are trapped in cities mm -hmm. that are being circled and, as you had mentioned, bombarded. Uh, one final point on that. that would have, last night, we came to the brink of nuclear war. Thankfully, Mother Nature helped. The winds were blowing towards the southeast into, and there were strong winds, and they were blowing into the Krasnodar region of Russia. Um, it's an interesting factor when you take a look because um, there was clear intent to shell and, and bomb this huge nuclear facility. Uh, the winds were of help. Uh, so this may not be the end of the story. Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully the world will wake up to all of the different methods that Putin is using. And once again, as I said uh, off the top, this is genocide disguised as war, and these are the defining moments of the 21st century. What happens in Ukraine will decide what kind of world our children and grandchildren will live in. Boris, I'm going to leave it at that. Um, pretty uh, intense words, and I think important words to, to leave off on here. Boris Jasnevsky, thank you very much for joining us. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Boris is chair of the Ukrainian World Congress Human Rights Commission.